0: Good evening, welcome to the 12th Man podcast post-season, the first time, first time we've done this uh, since we started our podcast, um, we missed out on the playoffs last time we we uh, We gave us a, we started all this four years ago now, so uh, yeah, you've got me, Steve Jackson, I'm in the main chair, I'm going to, I'll just be taking you through proceedings this evening, we've um, got my wingman, Mr John Donovan is with me, evening John Don. Yeah, you have to unmute yourself.
1: Sorry Steve, I thought you were going to undo it. Um, yes, good evening, how are
0: you? I'm alright. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> um, I should have introduced you as internationally known, John Donovan now, because everybody knows you, um, because of your cameo, um, but we'll go through a bit, of that a bit later. Um, that's something to oh, Please,
1: please don't.
0: Oh, we're oh we're <laughs> uh, we've got Mr. John Cutler, the worst influence in Teesside. Evening, Cut.
2: Evening, gentlemen.
0: How are you this morning? Evening,
2: John. I'm very good, thank you.
0: Good. I was awful this morning, thanks to you. So, we'll yeah, thank you. Um, and we've got Mr. Steve Dixon. Uh, evening, Dicko.
3: Evening, lads. How are
0: you? Oh, better than I was this morning, are you?
3: Not too bad, a little bit nervous.
0: Ah nervous about no. Um right, so we're gonna talk about funny enough, we're gonna talk about um Coventry. And then um, we'll review yesterday. Um cracking day yesterday, proper enjoyed it. Um boiling, uh good company, good banner, cracking atmosphere. Um yeah, it was great day. Great. It was early, day, early start, of course, but uh, well worth it. Got the result we needed. Um, and yeah, we'll preview the second leg with a bit of talk in between of what we need to do to um basically rubber stamp our place at, um below the arches at Wembley. So uh, yeah, here we go. I'll start with you, John Don. What time did you wake up yesterday morning? I woke up at, I think it was about four o'clock because the nerves had absolutely gone through me. Uh, I was up
1: at half past five. Um, you were getting picked up slightly earlier than me. Um, and my pick-up time was half six, so half five. Uh, uh, done, done six mile. Got home. Make the wife breakfast. <laughs> No, no, I tell a lie. Um, no, I, I just did a couple of deaf jobs uh, before I left the house, just to take my mind off things. Um, but yeah, it was an early start. Um, what a day I was looking forward to.
0: Oh yes, I was really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I was completely opposite to you. I got up, got ready, felt sick, had a Jäger. That was my start to the day. And it was a cracking start of the day, so yes, that doesn't mean to go on. It was, um, but no, I was really looking forward to it, nervous as hell. But um, cuts, I must say, I met up with you. What um, time do you come and get me? About ten to six. Um You felt absolutely no nerves at all, did you?
2: No, I haven't been nervous the whole time. I mentioned it last week. I was absolutely fine, looking forward to it. I knew the lads had put in a performance.
0: Do you, to be, do you to be any more cool, calm and collected?
2: Well, I've told you for months what's going to happen, so when it happens, I can say I told you so.
0: All right, clever, Dick. <laughs> but, uh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Dick, I'll come to you. Um, obviously, uh, you've got your ticket for the home leg. Punk um, didn't manage to get one for the away leg. How did you feel waking up yesterday morning? What, what were your nerves like?
3: I was a bit like John Cutler. I was quite calm and cool about it. Thought Middlesbrough would do fine until I woke up on Sunday morning and then the nerves were there on social media, seeing the fans, you know, travelling down and having the beers. And I wanted to be there myself and the nerves just kicked in. And the closer I got the kick-off, I was I was really nervous, you know, waiting for the team news. And uh, it's it's getting to squeaky-bum time now and Wednesday night's... Uh, I can't come quick enough for me.
0: Yeah, it was... um... Go on, John.
1: I I just want to ask John Cutler, did (laughs) did the Sheffield Wednesday results on Friday night not just worry you a little bit as to how um, a two-legged game can be lost in the first leg? Did it not worry you?
2: No, you you were talking about form last week going into playoffs. Well, Sheffield Wednesday's form was five wins in six. And I got absolutely pumped. Form doesn't mean a thing. I wasn't worried at all. I'm still not worried. I've been very calm about it the whole way through. And, uh, why Sounds like your dog is, though. It is.
1: Is he going to get a credit, then, the dog?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Tell me to shut up, probably. <laughs>
0: Oh, he's just he's just following the rest of him, really, but um uh, no not really uh for no it was I couldn't I couldn't believe I was stood there waiting obviously get picked up sort of uh Sunday morning I couldn't believe how calm puts what I really couldn't I was I've been to the toilet twice nervously as you do someone's on the bus has been ten times Sunday morning um it's a good job I didn't wait till the bus because I'll toilet broke but um. Ay um but um it was oh yeah, the nerves had hit me and as we got closer and closer then the signs for Coventry started popping up and yeah, that bottle of here got cracked open pretty quickly and it was yeah, it had to be done. But it was um but yeah, we got there, it was good good pub. The old uh the old black pank obviously was um the hospitality was was massive again, it was greatly appreciated. Um great pub to go to. But eleven o'clock the comes, team comes out. We stood outside the pub, John. Don. um, you know, flags out. You know, we're we're all there. It's starting to get a bit confident. Team came out unchanged, but a couple of names came back on the bench. Were there positives for you?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we spoke, we spoke last week of of what we thought, um, what 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 we would like to see, and um, you know, it, it was just it was a strong team, um. I was happy with it, and and obviously as as the game as the game transpired, um, you could tell just just how up for the game the players were, and and you know how relaxed they were because um, there there was the odd mistake, but you know we've sometimes seen um like strewn games that that. As fans, you get you get worried about, but we seem to um, we, we seem to be in, well in control uh, of that game. So, um, yeah, seeing the team, I was happy, and then once the game started and seeing how the team actually performed, yeah. I was more than happy. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought we'd done really
0: well. Yeah, I was. I said obviously we'll we'll talk as we go through about the performance. We were, we were superb yesterday. I thought we were brilliant. But, um, Dick, I want to ask you about the team because obviously you were a big. I say we're a big part. We had a good 30-minute feature last week of you and Kurt talking about who should go right back. So, I, I thought I'd better come to you. Um, So, Tommy Smith got the shout. He got the nod ahead of Dyke Steele. Were we, you we massively aggrieved by it? Did you You think, actually, yeah, go on, I'm all right with it? What were your thoughts when you saw it? You no,
3: know, I, I wasn't massively aggrieved at all. Uh, Tommy Smith's a capable Championship player. If you're asking us who I'd prefer, like I say... I'd always go with Dijksteel because he's a, in my opinion, a better player. But I've got no real problem with Tommy Smith on the side. Um, I do think he's a, you know, a little bit of a weak link at times, and I think teams target him for obvious reasons. But to be to be fair, it was the team I expected, more or less the team I expected, because before the game, I got a little bit excited when BBC T and T's announced on the radio that um, Ramsey had travelled and House had travelled and Force had travelled and obviously Dale Fry. Got your hopes up a little bit that something something special was happening, but when it transpired, obviously it was just Fry and uh, Force on the bench, which didn't really change things massively. It was the same team, and I I, I sort of expected away from home that Michael Carrick would go with Smith ahead of Dyke Steele to be a bit more solid away from home. Anyway, so no, there was there was more or less the team I sort of expected. I did have an inkling that I thought House and might have been back, but. Obviously, he's not quite right, and I've got no problem in playing Alex Mote, who's who's done very well for him lately. So it was more or less, I would say, the team I expected.
0: Yeah, I was the same as you. It was it was, it was pretty much what I expected to come through. I thought a couple of the players might go on the bench, etc. But uh, I mean, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the performances in individuals because um, some massive performances yesterday, which I was really, really impressed with, but um. Before we get into the game, I mean, I'll come cut to cuts. Obviously, your reaction. I mean, you stood next to me when the team came out as as John Don was. You know what were you thinking about the team when you saw it? Uh, we've we've said for for months now the
2: squad's pretty strong. Um, uh, we knew we'd been able would be able to cope with injuries. I mean, it's not bad having players of the caliber of Jones coming in and you know for Force. We've got a strong squad. Um, once Force was fit enough. I actually thought he might have started, but uh, he kept faith with what he had, and and that's fair enough with me as well. I've always said if you're doing all right in the shirt, keep the shirt, so
0: fair play to him. I can't believe how cool you are. I mean, you I, so laid back. I'm
2: trying to, be, trying to be like Michael Carrick. He's the coolest lad in the
0: world, isn't he? Oh, I don't. I know. I watched his press conference today. I'll talk about that a bit later, and I just thought, Do you you realize what you're doing at the moment? Like, do you realize what you're doing? And it's just like, yeah, yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah, it's great to have a manager. There's such calmness as him in the dugout, it's really good. But, uh, so game started obviously, we're we're in the stands. Um, all three of us were quite separated. Um, I usually have a little listen about, and I think Wedge John Don sat, and then all of a sudden his voice starts, and I'm like, oh, there he is, found him. Uh, so it's the first voice I can hear. It's every week I can hear his voice. First chance, big, first big chance was at Poms, wasn't it? Um, John Don, where where you were, obviously I was right behind the goal next to the segregation, or I suppose, to our right-hand side. As that ball was looping, I felt that away and started to come down and down and down, and it was ready to explode. Did you feel that around you?
1: Yeah I, I, to be honest I thought um I thought it was going to creep in yeah. um but it but it, but it was a great move we started off the game quite well you know we um their home crowd was was excellent and and their team sort of could have easily um overpowered us you know but we took control of the ball we we, we kept the ball away from them um, and we just took the sting out of their team, out of the crowd, and then we started to uh, to open them up a little bit. And um, the the incident that you you mentioned there, Akpom's chance, um, it was it was a a great ball by McGree, and uh, and Akpom latched onto it. And do you know what? Another inch or two high of the ball, and it it would have been a, a great goal it just caught the uh, the keeper on his hip um and then as we know looped up come off the bar it, it wasn't a bad miss it, it was it was the keeper doing well yes you could have said akpom could have re- just lifted it a little bit more but you know it it's um it, it was the best it was the best chance um of the half other than um the the, the ball, when the ball went in the net but um you know w- we started the first half well we took the sting out of um, out of the crowd out of out of um, Coventry and um, and just kept the ball and i loved the way we were comfortable with the ball um i, I don't know any possession stats but it must have been heavily in favor of us first half um because i like i, said, I thought we were well in control
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you exactly how the possession stats were because I'm ready for this sort of stuff. Uh, We had 60% possession uh, yesterday, which I thought looked about right because when we had the ball, like you said, we looked more in control of it Like in a sense of we knew exactly what we were going to do with it. There wasn't a shock about where the ball was going to go. The passes were all there. We all knew where it was going, but they couldn't do anything about it because we were so... You know, composed and calm about it, and it showed that with say with the pass through to to Akpom, When I originally saw it, I thought he could have lifted it a bit more. Obviously, seeing a replay, and it's a good save from from Ben Wilson. And, you know, hit the bar, but I say I had Jason next to me, and we. I was about honestly, I was about to javelin him right down that that way. <laughs> <laughs> he was about ready to go poor oh, lad, it was honestly. I saw it looping, and I thought that's going to creep in the corner. And uh, yeah, I was about to, I was about to do my very best Steve Backley impression and javelin straight out the front. But uh, but uh, it was, it, but it just showed the, the the dominance of our start because I thought as soon as that chance happened, they quietened very quickly because it was like they felt, oh, we're in a game now. We've got a team here that's actually better than us.
1: Well, there was a few times that um, we got behind their uh, defensive line and we didn't make the most of it. You know, Jones was guilty a couple of times of, um, of maybe he's not taking it, taking an early shot or not releasing it um, to, to, to another forward in the box. But the number of times we played the ball behind their defence and one of our players ran onto it, it must have been worrying for their fans. Because we were doing that quite regularly,
0: first half We were. I mean, I mean, I mean, before I move on to the, obviously the disallowed goal, I'll, I'll ask you, John Don. Do you, do you think that's where we missed the trick? Not starting fast, because I thought some of the, some of the positions he got it. Jones forced with a queen on his left foot, and pinned pinged it away with it and, and got a better angle on goal. He just felt a bit one dimension in them positions. Or am I being a bit cruel? No, no. I
1: mean, I mean. I, I I thought Jones had a decent game. Um, like I said, there was a couple of times that I thought he was possibly um, wasteful with the ball, uh, and and I I would have liked to have seen him take shots on early um, rather than uh, taking that extra touch. But overall, you know, um, I, I was I was pleased with, the, with with how he performed, especially first half. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. I say that's not me. Stepping that away from either, I, said, I thought, I thought he's very good first half, and um, it's just one thing I, I picked up from, from a couple of people around me um, that Force might have, you know, took a bit of a different position, but I suppose that's the, the goal scorer inside of Force that you know that we see. But Dick, I'll come to you because obviously you watched it um, through Sky. I'm, I'm not even going to ask what Sky Sports was like because apparently it was, it was horrific. But um, the goal was it offside? Yes or no?
3: Yes. I thought it was just off, uh, if I'm being honest. Very, very close mind. One of those where the lines would have been drawn across the screen. But I, I, going off the pictures I've seen, he looked marginally off. In the Championship, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But it looked just offside. But um, go, 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 going back to what you said regarding Zaya Jones and, and and Marcus Force, I don't think Force is obviously probably fit enough after his injury to play the full game, and I think obviously Carrick's tactics were at some point to get Marcus Force on the pitch, to get him some legs and some game time, and then you know possibly give him longer on Wednesday night, whether he starts or not, I don't know, but give him a bit longer on Wednesday night. But I thought Isaiah Jones first half was very very good, and I thought they were terrified of him, and there was a couple of times that the the, the players should have been booked for for fouls on him. Um they targeted him. He was causing them problems with his pace. And sometimes Middlesbrough are a bit careless with the with the with the passing from the back. Um the full backs took sometimes overhitting the passes in behind. It was a good tactic, but Carrick had obviously targeted that because the Coventry back three are quite slow and ponderous. I think Carrick had targeted if they get a chance at the back Middlesbrough, whether it be Tommy Smith. To try and hit the ball in behind to Isaiah Jones to get him behind, which was which worked quite well, but were overhitting the past quite a few times throughout the game. But Isaiah Jones caused them problems. And as I say, he was unlucky not to score. I thought he was bright. I thought he caused them all sorts of problems. And um, you know, if you watch the game back, I, I honestly thought he put in a really good first half performance. Second half he died off a little bit, but I thought he was almost back to the Isaiah Jones that we were known love first half.
0: Yeah, as 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 I said there, you know, it wasn't that wasn't me obviously picking a criticism. You know I mean? It was I thought he played really well. Excuse me, really well first half, and I thought, like you said there, the left back who Jake Bigball was left back. He looked, he did look terrified of him, and um, you know, it's just obviously a few people mentioned it around me. I thought I I, I pose you boys a question about him. You know, would would Force have done something a little bit different in them situations? But I said I know. I had no problems about how you know how how well Jones played because I thought he played really well first half as the whole team did. Um, but you know, the,
1: Steve, the the um that they passed him on, didn't they, Jones? Because I mean, I think it
0: was Doyle who was
1: initially uh, who was initially marking him, yeah. and um, it, he should have um, he should have been booked because yeah. there was two or three occasions uh, that Jones got past him and he dragged him down, and when he didn't get booked, I, I think. Um, the manager thought right. One more, and he certainly will get booked. So, this the switched the switch players on him, and and then they had another another marker. But um, you know, I, I'd I would like to see us sort of like capitalize on a vulnerability of a player who's who's regularly committing fouls and try and well try and target them, you know, and and uh, and uh, and if they get the caution, then you know that. The, they're obviously going to be um, a little bit cautious and nervous for the rest of the game. But like you say, he didn't get booked. Um, the number three Doyle and uh, and and, and he, he then moved into a different position and passed uh, Isaiah Jones over to another player.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's where I think that's where Bidwell did come into it, didn't he? I think I think Bigwell actually let him go for the um, obviously the offside goal as well, but. Um... See, I haven't watched it back, so I can't 100% say that with certainty. But um, yeah, you are right. to say Doyle did pass him on and it was a switch that Mark Robbins did make because you saw it <laughs> happening. Um, but as I say, went into half-time, nil-nil. N- I haven't mentioned Coventry chances because, well, there wasn't any, to be quite honest. I mean, there a couple of half-chances, but that was about it for me. But of second half, I thought this was our best chance of the game. I know we hit the bar in the first half, but I thought this header from Akpom was the best chance of the game because, for me, with the goals he scored, I mean, he's twenty-eight goals in now in the league, twenty-nine if you include the cup. You've got to be hitting the target with that header.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a cracking chance, and nobody will be more disappointed than Tuber himself. Yeah. But I think uh, his form this season's ending my pass on it. Oh, of course he can rectify it all on Wednesday. What are you doing? What are you
0: doing? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I've never seen him so calm. It's not, it's, it's, right. it's, it's weird. Can you, st- can you start arguing about some of you two or something? Because it's, it's too calm this, but no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he does, uh, he does earn a pass. You're absolutely right. I mean, Listen,
2: the, the whole, you talked about the performance, the performance epitomised Carrick for me. They were all, they were cool, calm, collected on the pitch, and that's exactly what the managers installed into them. And as a fan, that's what he's installing into me. You know, uh, uh, it's great to watch. I don't think we looked under threat at all yesterday. They had a few, a few chances maybe in the box where it could have felt them, which it didn't. Zach Stefan could have had a lay down in that box for ninety minutes because he didn't have to do a thing. It was, it was the perfect. Almost perfect away performance for a, a playoff game. That that goal, yeah. or the the one at the bar. If one 0 would have been an absolute perfect away performance, but I'll take 0-0. I said it before we went. I would have took a draw. Quite happy with how yeah, we well, performed today. We, we
1: we were we were in control. We were in control that um, that first leg, and like I say, we kept the ball. Um, and when you keep the ball. The, the opposition have to do a lot of hard work to get it back yeah. and we tired them out. Um, It's just a shame we didn't get the goal.
0: Exactly. no, You're absolutely right. Go on, go on Dick. Oh.
3: I, th- I think Coventry is the game we While We're getting more and more wary of Middlesbrough catching them and we're getting frightened because Middlesbrough are so in control of the game in possession and how the game was played. Yeah. Coventry were frightened as the home team to actually commit men forward and have that Gung ho attitude as the game wore on, which their fans were being for. When I mean, Middlesbrough was sitting, waiting for them almost to do it, it was like a game of cat and mouse. And Coventry couldn't take the risk because the new Middlesbrough were so good with the passing and had already, you know, carved them open with the Isaiah Jones chance, carved them open with the Tubarapom chance that they were so wary of in the second half. And they almost, as a home team, settled for the draw, which was a huge sort of feathery feather in the cap for Middlesbrough because like like both Johns have said, it was an, almost a perfect away performance other than the goal that we deserved. So I think you know moving towards the second leg, they'll they'll have a huge tactical problem. Coming to the riverside it isn't a way a team because they know if Middlesbrough score first, we could really take them apart. It's a, it's going to be a fascinating second leg is the how how, how Coventry approach it because if they couldn't lay a glove on Middlesbrough at home not even have a shot on goal at home, how are they going to tactically come to the Riverside, stop Middlesbrough scoring and themselves damage Middlesbrough tactically? I think um, it was a huge tactical sort of win for Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough going into the second leg. And I hope Middlesbrough on Wednesday... From the start, have a real go at them with the with the crowd behind them because, you know, if Middlesbrough get an early goal, it could be a long night for Coventry.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's um, I think I think without scoring, I think we found Coventry out a little bit yesterday. Um, I thought our tactics were absolutely spot on. I thought we we judged them perfectly. We man marked who we needed to. I didn't think the likes of Yacarez, Gustavo, Hamer, uh, you know, their players like that did not get into the game, which was brilliant because, you know, they can be devastating. I'm sure, as Pema showed last Monday, uh, Giocarez has showed all season. But as I say, I still, you could see as well. I mean, I'll come to you on this one, John Don. You could see as well that the board went up, didn't it, for four minutes added on at the end. They let out an almighty cry. You know, you know, as, it felt like remember like when you know when a team's one nil down and you're desperate for a goal. That's how it felt for me. I thought they know they've got a score yeah to get some sort of a momentum and builder to go into that second leg to to go at something to hold on to,
1: yeah, but you know what it never looked like happening. I don't know about yourselves. But I didn't feel that we were under any spell of sustained pressure. Yeah. I didn't feel as though we were going to concede. Um, there were some absolutely immense performances on that pitch. You know, Mort, you know, that 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 was it was just an immaculate performance for him. He he, he controlled the midfield. Hackney played well alongside him. They like you say, they nullified the threat of Hamer. Um they had so much time on the ball at times. um it was it was unbelievable. We played it to our pace. um and the other threat, the other main threat of uh, of of Cogne is obviously diocorus and um the two center halves uh, between them just absolutely kept him under wraps and kept him well away from the danger areas that we we know he can get into. and um, you know, it, it, we see, we seen him score against us in uh, in the league match at uh, at the CBS Arena, you know. So we know we knew what he's capable of, and those two just kept him quiet all game. Um, and yeah. like you said, great team performance and some outstanding individual performances.
0: Absolutely right. I mean, I, I want, I want, I do want to go into the individual performances because there was some absolutely amazing performances on that pitch. I mean. Cuts, I'll come to you. You know, the, the, if you haven't seen it, go on Riley McGree's Instagram because the picture is funny, <laughs> it's it's brilliant. His picture of Lloyd Christmas, aka Jim Carey, in Dumb and Dumber and Paddy McNair. I mean, it's absolute spitting dabs, it's spitting dabs of him. But how good? I, mean, I know you spoke really highly of Mowat, but how good was Paddy McNair yesterday? I think
2: we've mentioned that it was a f- the full-team performance was good, but I thought there was four players that were absolutely... For me, in that type of game and, and how big it was, were nine out of tens. I think it was Lenehan and uh, Paddy, and I think Hackney and Mowat were the other two. I thought the four of them were absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Ma- like John said there, uh, Mowat Ma- Ma- didn't put a foot wrong. He was winning the ball. And his passing was exemplary. Hackney worked his socks off. It seemed like he was all over the pitch. It was it was great. You can
1: throw great, You can throw great into that as well, John. I thought he was excellent, you know. Um he, yeah. he, he was he was um finding finding space for himself. He was quick, he was tricky. Um yeah, like I said, if if you can have half your team putting in eight out of ten displays, you know you've done well.
2: Totally agree. Yeah, rally rally did have a good game as well.
0: He did. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll talk about rally as well. Um, you know, a little bit. But that square of Lenihan, McNair, Hackney, Mowat, That square controlled the game for me. I say the game wasn't won or lost because we didn't score goals. It was okay. it was basically kept in because that square worked so well. They were all within tandem with each other. They were all in sync. They all controlled it. And they were absolutely brilliant to watch. It wasn't, you know, plodding and dull. It was slick. It was perfect. It was everything a carry performance should be, because we were so confident on the ball. And it was it was just a joy to watch at times, even though we didn't get that winner. But as I say, I've got... I mean, Dicko, who, did, who did Sky give man in the match to?
3: Think I think they went Paddy McNair. I think actually, I think they went Paddy McNair. Um, I went Paddy McNair. Um, he's he's coming for a lot of criticism as Paddy. Yeah. You know, for, from 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 us on here, and you know, social media and what have you, and you know, I, I I've voiced my concerns going at the playoffs with Paddy McNair centre half, and I have to say, well done, well done, Paddy, because. I thought on Sunday he was, well, it was his best performance in a Middlesbrough shirt, in my opinion. I thought he, 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 he rose to the challenge of the of the battle with Victor Gorkarez and he and he looked him in the eye and said, it's me and you today, son, and you're going to have to get past me. And you could see all game, Gorkarez was, he was arguing with him, he was shouting at him, he was pulling at him, he elbowed him, knocked his tooth out. And wherever he went in the pitch, Paddy McNair went with him. He smashed into the tackles. He won his headers. And when he was on the ball, he was composed. He brought the ball out of defence. He was positive with his passing. He took the corners during the game. I thought he was absolutely immense, Paddy McNair. And I tell you what, I don't care if we had prime Bobby Moore fit for Wednesday night, he wouldn't be taking the place of Paddy McNair because on that display... He deserves, he deserves his place. He was absolutely fantastic. He really was. Alongside him, Daryl Lenehan, like your lads have said, what the players you've mentioned, McGree, Moat, Hackney, totally agree with your boys. But that performance under that type of pressure against arguably the best player in the league, and he had him in his pocket all game. And I tell you what, Jorke Rez won't be looking forward to playing against Paddy McNair for the third time in a row because he might just have his number
0: Prime Bobby Moore. I never thought I'd ever hear that about Paddy McNair. Neither do I <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's 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 a good it's a good little um it's a good little comparison to me, to be honest, because he was absolutely superb. I mean it was really tough for me. I mean, Jason asked me, um i driver took was absolutely everywhere and I say he's he's with he's with us on Wednesday night as well. He's up in the north stand with us, and uh, he asked me. I think it was about ten minutes to go, because I think he was going to go and fire the bus up the way to us home, Who was my man in the match? And I didn't want to answer him at that point because I had about six names in my head, and I, f- I couldn't pick one. But one per one before I go and ask you man in the matches, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. There was one I had one criticism yesterday. Cameron Archer, I felt the game was wrong for him because he didn't get into it. It was a bit over his head, not not quality wise or anything like that. I just felt he wanted he was he was constantly wanting the ball over the top, and we just wanted to keep that ball and control the midfield. If I'm being harsh, please put your hand up and say, "See you're talking absolute nonsense." There we go. There's the hand. Brilliant. Um, Go on, Cuts, tell me where I'm wrong with what I've just said. Did he have a quiet game? Yes.
2: Yes, on the the ball he did. But the runs that he was making over the top is one of the reasons why we had so much space in the midfield. For Hackney and for Mowat and for McGree to move the ball. Spreading the pitch, that's what it's all about. It's not always about what you do on the ball, it's your work rate off the ball. And he worked his socks off yesterday. I don't have a complaint about his performance at all. He didn't score. He didn't have any shots on target or whatever. But his all-round work rate and performance and creating space for the other players—it's all about the team. It's not about an individual. I thought he created lots of space for us with his runs.
0: Go on, Tigo. Um, I
3: think no I think I think I think part of the problem with Cameron Archer's performance on Sunday was it wasn't his type of game. You're right.
0: Yeah.
3: And like I said earlier on tonight that Middlesbrough's passes from the back trying to catch them out over the top into the channels which Archer was running into but overhit there was too many balls overhit he was chasing them they going out of play and you're only as good as a striker with the service you receive and in the game Cameron Archer didn't receive any quality service he never had any one-on-ones with a centre-half or chances to shoot and it just wasn't his type of game to get into and I, I think you know it was Middlesbrough's service to Cameron Archer on Sunday wasn't wasn't up to scratch, and I wasn't surprised when Michael Carrick thought I'll switch it up a bit and bring on Matt Crooks who might get on the end of a cross or perhaps hold the ball up better. You have them as a strikers. We've seen them in the past. You know they don't get the service, and the crowd are saying he's not having a good game. But you know you're only as good as your service, and I'm sure on Wednesday night Cameron Archer might just be the match winner.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, well the one
1: one, the one one at uh, the the one one at the riverside, Archer again. He was in uh, in and out of the game. He didn't get many um, many touches, many balls into him. The service like that, uh, Dicko just spoke of, yet he he got as the equaliser just before half time. And 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 I will agree with John John Cutler as well. It wasn't through lack of effort. He was buzzing about across that line, um and, and pulling pulling their defense out of shape uh, and giving us the opportunity to put the balls behind the defense um yeah the way some of them were over-hit. but do you know what um his contribution was 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 fine to team game and and he played his part in a bloody good performance
0: oh yeah I mean I mean I feel I've been, I felt I've been well and truly told off there but I mean that is not me saying yeah had a bad game I didn't but to his it just felt Maybe it's because I feel his standard is so high. I don't know. But um I say you're right, it's it's off the ball running, et etc. It was superb. Um maybe I just expected it too much, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a knob I don't know. Um but um you know it was yeah. In the on the in the whole, it was a very good team performance. It was exactly it was exactly how coach said it. it was it was almost a perfect away performance and um Got to bring a bit of balance to it, haven't I? You know what I mean. I can't just go good all the way through. I've Got to bring a bit of balance to this stuff. So it was worth the question, and I'll keep quiet next time. Um, but yeah, I'll um, I'll come to your man of the matches because this could be an interesting one. Um, I'll start with you, John. Don. Who was your man of the match from from yesterday?
1: Um, like you say, I mentioned a few players who I was impressed with. Um, I'm going to choose um Mort as uh, as my man of the match. I just thought he 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 controlled. Uh, he, he he helped control the midfield, and one of their biggest threats, uh, Hamer was virtually non-existent. You know, he he didn't. Yeah, uh, he, he maybe said one shot from the edge of the box that bubbled past um Lenehan's post, but Lenehan had that covered. Uh, and, and I can't remember uh, another massively influential thing that he done. Um, so I, I hope uh, you know we can uh, we can continue that into the second leg.
0: Absolutely. Um, Digger, coming out.
3: The best player on the pitch was Paddy McNair by uh, a million miles. Without without that performance, I don't think we would have got away with a with a clean sheet. I thought he was absolutely outstanding for the reasons I've already gave, and. After you've spoken to Mr. Cutler, I've got a I've got a question for Mr. Cutler. So come back with us.
0: We may be starting an argument. All right. Uh Cutler, come with you.
2: No arguing out with me tonight. Cool as a cucumber, you can't rattle me. Uh, I'm gonna go for Mowat. Hmm? I, I mentioned last week that I would have started him. I thought it was perfect horses for courses. I thought his performance was exemplary, He didn't give the ball away, won every tackle that was there to be made. He just nicked it from uh, from the two centre halves for me, so I'll go Mowat.
0: You're him his question now.
3: So, John is he's already mentioned it tonight as it happens, which is great because he normally mentions it every week on the podcast. That if a player is playing well in the shirt and playing every week, he should keep the shirt. And he's not one for rotation; he's one for keeping the shirt, which is which is spot on to many people's opinions as well, which is fine. So he mentioned last week, which actually shocked me in GAD, which is that he inexplicitly said that for the Coventry game on Sunday that he would drop Middlesbrough's young player of the year, Hayden Hackney, for tactical reasons, for Alex Moore. So that that, that sort of baffled me, the logic of what he, what he thinks should happen and then what he actually said would happen. Now we're moving into Wednesday night, in the in the second leg, and Alex Moats come in, and played fantastically well, and he's been man of the match in many people's opinions. But John's favourite player, Johnny Housing, possibly could be back on Wednesday. So, does John do what he says every other week on the podcast and doesn't change the winning team? Or does he bring back Mister Undroppable and his favorite player, which is Johnny Housen?
1: Take a look. Can I just interrupt, mate? You would not get on question time with the length of time you took to <laughs> answer ask a question there. Jesus, you've got to you've got to put your point across so everybody
3: understands. Not everybody might have listened to last week's podcast, John. Fiona Bruce would have kicked you out.
2: <laughs> All right, Piers, calm down. So, so the, the, the answer is for me my watch starts Wednesday you all know what I think about Johnny Housen he's an absolute consummate pro he's had a brilliant season never lets us down he's always at least a 7 out of 10 but I'm not changing my mind if you're performing it keeps the squad happy if you keep your place he's done it all season I don't see him changing it on on Wednesday if Housen's fit enough to get on the bench great we don't know what's been wrong with him. It'd be a risk to start him if it's a, a niggly injury. Leave him on the bench if he's fit enough, and we'll use him at Wembley. Now starts for me. Here we go. Okay, which 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 keeps your logic intact. So it, it still doesn't explain why you wanted to drop Hayden Hackney last week. Well, I explained last week. I don't know if you were listening or not, but I explained it last week. (laughs) I'll I'll reiterate again to the people who didn't listen and I can go on for 20 minutes and Fiona won't kick me off because I've been trying to rattle me. So I said last week the reason I would start him was because he'd get at them in the midfield. It was an away game. Hamer caused us lots of problems at the Riverside. Didn't cause us any problems on Sunday. Mawich got his number for me. I thought my was outstanding. You can't drop him after that performance. It sends out the wrong signals. You go with Mowat. Well, you've certainly confused me, John, so
3: well done. <laughs> doesn't, take much, doesn't take much to confuse
0: a Jordy, though. <laughs> you've just yeah, about got out funny. of
2: that one, somehow. Oh, that's what, what I was agreeing.
0: But... And then that game. That was superb. That was superb. Oh, God. I knew it would not last. Oh, brilliant. Um, it was a great logic. I liked your question. Uh, right, I've got to keep money. I've
3: got to keep money's toes. man. Got to keep money's can, I, toes. Can,
0: I quickly, can I quickly go back to him then? One word oh, answer.
2: One word answer. Would you drop my one on Wednesday? Yes or no? One word answer. No. Thank you very much. Cutler's right again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have dropped Hackney. I wouldn't have dropped Hackney on
1: Tuesday either. Mute <laughs> him, Steve. Steve, do you fancy a pint?
0: Yeah, I'll
1: buy what do you and, want. Yeah, it's fancy going for a pint at this so argue it out again.
0: Yeah, I'll how can I what what you want?
1: <laughs> yeah. And but a yeah. pint of yoga, please, Jesus.
0: <laughs> uh, right, are you two done now? It's all fun
3: from the end. For, for now, yeah.
0: Lovely. <laughs> I can't wait to pick that up in twenty minutes. That was that was great. Um I knew it was coming. Um right, my man of the match. I said it on the way home. I've got to stick with it, haven't there, otherwise I'd be a bit hypocrite. Cut. <laughs> no, not really. Um, Alex Moir. I thought Alex Moir stepped into that role yesterday it was absolutely phenomenal. I've put. I, I, I'm going to go as high and as say this. It was one of the best midfield performances for the Borough I've seen in a very, very long time. I thought he was absolutely amazing. Uh, he controlled everything. He I don't think he missed a tackle. I don't think he missed a block an interception. He was just, yeah, perfect performance. It showed why he was brought in. Um, and yeah, it justified every decision that was made to bring him into the, it, not into the game itself, the football club as a whole. Go on, Cut. Now, just say
2: one thing. It's a bit harsh to view Mauer as a reserve player. It's because of how good our midfield's been this season under character. Yeah. That squad is really strong. We've said it We've said it for months now. The bench is really... We've got... He's a quality championship midfielder, Mowat. It's just our midfield's been that good he hasn't been able to get in. So, he's taking his chance now. Let's see what character's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, you're absolutely
0: right. It was, I said, uh, again, that's... That. Like I've got to explain myself again. Um again that's that's not me saying he's not good enough to get it. I just thought he filled in absolutely superb yesterday. I thought he was brilliant. And he's took a bit of criticism as well when he's coming to the to to the team. Um, you know, a few people have said I don't I'm not quite sure about him, but whatever question you have about him, about Alex Mower was answered yesterday. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And uh, the only thing he was missing was his eightieth minute screamer from a free kick, which could have caused some absolute carnage in that way, and but hey, we'll leave that for 30 odd thousand mad smoggies and a Geordie at the Riverside on Wednesday. Go on, John. Don, you looking at me?
1: No, no, just uh, just waiting for you to move on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is the most subtle way of going. Shut up and move on, <laughs> right? Okay, I'll move on. Um. Like, one thing that I did talk about on the way home in between shots and all sorts was the atmosphere they brought to the table. I thought their fans were really good yesterday, I've got to admit. I thought, you know... Yes, they did go quite a times, but their fans were very good. Jo- John Donne, you've mentioned many times about how we've got to create that again for the playoffs. Is that the example... That's we've got to follow for the home because I mean them lot to the right of us were very very loud at times and it got the stadium up
1: no that's not an example the example that I think we should follow was Middlesbrough fans versus Tottenham Middlesbrough fans versus Man United Middlesbrough fans versus Brentford and Middlesbrough fans versus Brighton Um, they're the ones that spring to mind you know special special atmospheres um, special games and, and that's what we've got to do on Wednesday because I know we've we've talked at length about how controlled and how, how, how we we got a great result on Sunday. but you know what the tie's still on a knife edge um, we've got to be we've got to be very careful and the one thing that might make a difference, is the support from the stands that might just give us a one or two percent advantage? Make the players play that little bit, um, you know, with more passion. It's a, it's a close tie. It's still a close tie, you know. I mean, um, any anything that man First of all, if it's us, I think we'll go on to score more and and be comfortable, but. It's nil-nil, and Coventry have threats. We just have to bring the performance that we had on Sunday backed by 30,000 passionate, fervent, diehard supporters who will scream that team on. It's just what we've got to do. It's a special night. It's going to take a spe- special atmosphere.
0: Absolutely. Go on, Coach.
2: I know we're sort of issuing a bit of a rallying call here. I Wait. am one hundred percent certain that stadium is going to be absolutely bouncing tomorrow. I mentioned that I mentioned their fans yesterday. I thought they were good, but I didn't think it was hostile. No, 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 I, no, no, no. I think to, I think tomorrow, tomorrow will be completely different where it was on Saturday. Uh, where Monday? So what was it? What day was it? Sunday. Yeah, I'll get it right. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> That that stadium tomorrow, 100% will be absolutely bouncing. and Not tomorrow, where, Wednesday. Where, that's the one. <laughs> Whenever we play them, they'll be bouncing. And I will say this, we've been there at big atmospheres in the past when we've been a couple of goals down and the fans have still been behind the team. That's the only thing I'd ask the fans tomorrow. If they score the first goal, which I'm sure they will, still get behind the lads. 90 or 120 minutes or even if it goes to the dreaded penalties, get behind them 100%. I'm sure of the will. I have no doubt about it in my mind. I'm going
0: to put disclaimer out. Don't vote the ground on Tuesday. No, don't. There's no game. You know, there's no game. Go Wednesday.
1: Yeah. It's the just play. John Cutts getting his days mixed up.
0: <laughs> Superb. But no, you're absolutely... I mean, it's supposed to be a bit of a rallying car. I mean, one thing I did feel from their fans that I don't want us to portray. They, when they were nervous, you know, when we started to build on our momentum and got a couple of chances away, um, they you could feel the nerves from their stands, and I feel like it it got you know pushed up the pitch a little bit, and some of the players were making a couple of rash decisions on the passing, the touches, a bit of the movement. That's something we've got to avoid on Wednesday. um. You know, because I, mean, I feel, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to be you know, negative or whatever and feel, oh God, you know what's going on. But I just felt that their negativity affected Coventry a little bit. And I think if we just be as positive as possible, that stadium can be absolutely rocking, like it was for what? Tottenham's and games like that, like you've just said there.
1: Yeah, well, I, well, I thought it, it it was a a strange atmosphere in the borough end. There was loads and loads of tension. I mean, yes, there was a, there was a, a fair amount of um, support, but there was a hell of a lot of tension um, in 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 our fans, which is understandable. I know that there's going to be it's 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 part, part of key games. Um, that may help us fulfil what we all want, Premier League football at the end of the day. So yeah, there's bound to be nerves, bound to be tension Um, but you know, I I just ask people, as much as you you can, try and put that to the back of your mind and just give everything, give everything you've got because it'll take us to be with the team on that night to get the desired uh, result and you, don't come away from that ground feeling that you 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 could have done, and um, you could have done better. Come away from that ground thinking, "I give my all. I give my all for that team, and that's what we want the place to do."
0: Yeah, go on, digger.
3: I think I think we will, and echo echo John's thoughts on the on the Tottenham game and the Brentford game and games of the past like that. I really do expect the Riverside on Wednesday to be that type of stadium where. The fans are in the ground early to, to create the atmosphere for the teams coming out. I expect the, the fans to stick with the team if we we'll go goal down or roar the team on if we we'll go goal up. And I, I hope it's one of them nights where, wherever you are in the, in the ground, you're standing for the 90 minutes. We're up. We're all up for it. We're back in the team like it was in the 80s and 90s. Forget the seats. Stand up if you can, you know, if you possibly can. Be loud, be proud. And let's get them over the line because this team deserves to be at Wembley. And I feel like there'll be a lot of pent-up frustration in the Borough support because we've made the playoffs weeks ago. We've had a few injuries. We've been playing makeshift teams, resting players, playing dead rubber games, even though we've had decent attendances. The atmosphere has, has felt of late a little bit like a pre-season friendly. And I really think the supporters on Wednesday will bring that... This is a big deal. This is the big game atmosphere that we've been waiting for for the last few weeks. The playoffs have actually finally arrived for it, And I think, I I, I can't, personally, I can't wait for Wednesday night. I think it'll be absolutely jumping. I really do. That's the one thing I don't worry about for Wednesday night. I worry about if we're going to win, if we're going to lose, what the team selection's going to be, who's fit. But the one thing I don't worry about is I know Wednesday night that ground's going to be jumping.
1: Yeah, I remember, the, I remember reading um, message boards uh, after we beat Brighton and their fans were sort of like amazed at, uh, at, at the noise and, and, and the passion and the fervent support. We know we can do it because, we'll, you know, when it comes to the crunch, we can be relied upon. And I'm sure we'll do it Wednesday. I, re- I really am uh, confident that uh, that will be another night at the riverside that we'll talk about for years, you know, for atmosphere.
0: Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I say when you speak about the Brighton game, I think I remember um like Sabine Holloway and that saying, you know, for a promotion decide it, it felt it felt very unfair because Borough fans were absolutely on top of everything that day and we were so loud and the atmosphere was amazing. And one thing I'd like to see um our our you know, our Tanoy is expected to do again, which we did against Brighton. Turn the music off thirty minutes before kickoff. Turn the music off. Let us create that atmosphere again, because I remember it was one of the only times I ever go up early. That atmosphere during the warm up against Brighton, everything about it was bouncing, and it kept going until kickoff. They went through the game and it got us over the line. Let's do it again. You know. Let us create our atmosphere. We don't need, you know, whatever song that, that, you know, that John Foster's going to put on and and put in play. You know what I mean? Don't, Don't let him, you know, portray what we're going to be doing. We can build that atmosphere. I'm going to go up early. I'm going to try and get that, you know, back of the North Stand going as quick as I can because we need that North stand bouncing. South stand's going to be bouncing. Every stand's going to be bouncing tomorrow, and that's what I want as early as possible. The Coventry fans and players to feel they're in some sort of atmosphere that they can't get a hold of, they can't get on top of, and it's gonna it could overwhelm them. But, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel that that would help so much if they just let us create our own atmosphere.
2: I agree with you. Uh, maybe maybe not half an hour before the game, but certainly at least fifteen minutes before the game, cut the music off, let the fans sing and shout, and because uh, you pulled up me up on it, uh, don't turn up at the ground tomorrow, like Steve just said. And I just said
0: tomorrow, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, listen, what, you
1: know, re- if you listen on Tuesday, it will be tomorrow. So you know, mm. for any anybody anybody listening to this, will be thinking these ads don't know what freaking day it is. <laughs> well,
0: I'll tell, tell you, you, you what. The gra-
1: the gr-
3: the ground's gonna be bouncing tomorrow
1: though. <laughs> what
3: will Elock missing yesterday?
1: That's what they're thinking. Oh,
0: yeah. John and yeah, Steve. Steve
3: John and Steve at the back of the north stand there it'd be mint.
1: Yeah, on their own.
0: I'm on their own, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Just, I but but, but at least John
3: Foster has turned the music off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but my
0: whole point is John Foster turned the music off before kickoff. Let us you know, let us orchestrate our own tune and let us have a good go at creating that atmosphere. Because Can you imagine being sat well, in that dressing room just before going out and you just open the door an ickle bit and you hear the Riverside absolutely bounce. I've had to said tomorrow again. Uh, the, uh, Riverside absolutely bouncing on Wednesday night. That'd be class, that. You'd be well up for it. You've got local players like Dale Fry, Hayden Hattie sat there going, Get me out there. Get me out there now. You know That's what I Well watching.
1: you've got You've got your message across because I know John listens to this because uh he, he he WhatsApp me um, a couple of messages um telling me about the content and, and, and his thoughts. So so you've just got the message across to him now. So let's let's see. Let's see what happens.
0: Exactly. there you go. Do the, do the when you're listening, John, put the music on mute. That's all I'm saying. Um, Wednesday Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go on to Wednesday's game um, commentary again second leg Um, I'll start with cuts do you make any changes to that team? one change <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, make, I make one change what's your change? if Force is fit enough I'll bring him in for Isaiah Jones it's the only change I'd make. I think his his work rate and his pace. I think he's more likely to get a goal, which we could very well need on Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's the <laughs> only change I'd make. I'd bring forcing.
0: Got the title to this podcast, sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I, 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 I I'm going to go early with This I, I agree with that. I would bring forcing. I would say I made the point earlier. I thought it was a couple of positions that Jones got into yesterday. If you just cut inside, a bit like Force would. He might have had a better chance of scoring. That's not a criticism against the diet at all. That's just my thoughts.
3: Dick all come to you. I would make one change. And I'm not just saying it to irritate John Cutler. I'll give me a reason. I would, <laughs> Here we go. I would take out Tommy Smith and I'd put in Anthony Dijksteel. And the reason being <laughs> is, not, not not not. I'll give me reasons. Nothing to do with how Tommy Smith played on Sunday. I thought he had a good game. He was solid. He defended very, very well. Nothing to do with how we played at all. What it was to do with, every time he got the ball, he lumped it over the top, out of play. And I think we should be on the front foot on Wednesday night. And I think I would leave, I would leave. I'd start Isaiah Jones on Wednesday because I thought they were terrified of him. I don't think force is up there to play in 90 minutes. And I think force, as the game comes on, is, is a good sub to bring on because it might go to extra time. The game could drag on. So I would I would, hope, I would keep me powder dry with Marcus Force and bring him into the game. So I'd start with Isaiah Jones. Because of that reason, I think Dykstiel and Jones have got a good partnership. They play well together. I think because it's the home game on the front foot, I would rather have a little bit more quality going forward with Anthony Dykstiel. And that's nothing to do, and I repeat with Tommy Smith on Sunday, who I thought played well. But that would be my only change. You
0: know, I'll
2: let Coach react to that. Are you, are you OK with that? or No. Everyone's entitled to entitled opinion. We've talked about it for, for weeks and weeks now. I'm totally calm and I'm 100% sure with it. Anthony Dyksteel will not wrongfully gain his place on Wednesday. It'll be Tommy Smith. Michael Carrick knows the drill. I, I, By the way, I agree with
3: that. That's what will happen. But I was asked the opinion of who I would pick, so... That's
2: why I won't Anthony Dyke still. You, you, you talk about him, Steve, giving us more going forward. We've got so many players in that team that give us everything we need going forward. Smith gives us a bit more solidity at the back, which we could need against some of their attacking players. It, it, it's it's all about opinions. I totally respect your opinion, but there's no way there's no way you can you can bring Dyke Steel in for Smith. No chance, in my opinion. Well. As I say, that's my opinion. The same
3: as last week, I thought there was no way you could drop and happen, but you would have done. So there you go. But this week, I would bring in <laughs> Anthony D'Eisdale because I think it would be better going forward in a home game, working better with Isaiah Jones on the right-hand side. And that's my team. I think Michael Carrick probably will leave it, as you say, with Tommy Smith.
1: Do you know what? I think at the end of the season, right, we need three 10-minute rounds with these two. <laughs> that won't happen
2: we'll get we we'll three ten minute rounds of hugging <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right but um uh, yeah, I've never so seen John get, it get around it yet oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm,
2: re- I'm, re- I'm referred to his cuts on it, so he must be talking about you John <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I, hey John I saw you bring out the three of the um on Sunday so I'll uh, I'll v- I'll vouch for your drinking. Um, I know you offered um...
2: a pint as well, didn't I, JD? Uh, yes, you
1: did. Yeah, yeah. You I'm did, sure yeah. you will get
2: me a, sh- yeah.
3: a little short of arsenic in the fans zone after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love
0: cool. a good shit there, any? Uh, <laughs> John, i come with you. What changes would you make, if any?
1: Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put fours in. Um, I would give him more more minutes, but I wouldn't start him. Uh, so I'd keep Jones. Um, Akpum, Archer. Yep, yeah, they're 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 same for me. Same as the back four. I'm wondering whether or not um and um may start, or he might get some minutes later on the game. But it would be harsh to drop anybody from um from Sunday, but it's what Michael Carrick feels he, he wants to do to try and uh, get some psychological advantage over, um, over Mark Robbins. I don't know. It, it, I would say keep the same starting eleven. Okay. Um, but I would try and if Housen is fit enough to be on the bench, I would give him some minutes, and I'd give Marcus Fourus more minutes than he got on Saturday. Okay, no problem.
0: I'm not gonna shit stare anymore. Um, no, I like that answer. It's a good answer. Um, I do like one thing I I, I mentioned before I ask your predictions. It, it, one thing I like is when Michael Carrick is asked about the players that are you know coming back from injuries, he just keeps saying, We'll have to wait and see. I love that, absolutely love that. Because the press are dying for him to go, well, actually, he's a bit closer than him, and he's a bit closer than him. But he's just basic he's just basically laying flat. I'm telling you, bugger all. Shut up. Let me do my job. Um, I, I, love, his, I love his approach to the, the press. Digger,
3: you, you know what my take on the injury situation is? I think Michael Carrick knows that if Middlesbrough get to Wembley, he'll have a fully fit squad. I oh, think I Housen and I think Ramsey and, you know, Dale Fry, I think all the players that have been a little bit behind, yeah. he knows he's going to have at his disposal at Wembley. And Ramsey would be massive. And even though he hasn't played of late, there's a huge argument that he should start at Wembley if he's back up to speed. I think Michael Carrick knows he's going to have that. But at the minute, we're not at Wembley. So he's keeping his powder dry and he's 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 not giving out, you know, who's back, who's not back. But I I think I'm pretty confident that if we do get to Wembley on, on Wednesday night, we'll have a fully fit squad to pick from at Wembley. And I massively fancy it, no matter who we'll play.
0: Absolutely right. Yeah. Um... Just put a bit of quick disclosure out there. He's mentioned powdered dry twice. We don't condone any drug taking or anything like that. So <laughs> please don't think about that. <laughs> so that's not our. Just we... say
1: no, kids. No.
0: Bill <laughs> <laughs> seagulls as well. It's just say no. Um, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> anywho, that's <a>, <laughs> the chat for next week. um they are available to 65
2: pence, by the way, just in case anyone's wondering.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll, uh, well fully advertise that, don't worry. Um, right, crunch time. <clears throat> Two, this I'm going to stick with three predictions again. So, obviously, we know what happened in the first leg for both ties now. I haven't mentioned the other one because I don't want to talk about it. But I'm going to ask is now. I'm going to start with you, Coach, because you're looking at me. Prediction. For, firstly, prediction for Wednesday.
2: You might think I'm underestimating Coventry because I'm not. I'm I'm totally confident in the squad we've got.
0: Here comes the number generator.
2: <laughs> Michael Carrick. What he's given us all season. What them players have given us all season. I firmly believe if we get an early goal, and I'll show you the bet straight after. Four nil is thirty-three to one. I've put five quid on it. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly. I totally trust the players in Carrick, and and I'm completely confident in that team. I'm not underestimating them. I just think we'll turn up, the fans will turn up, and it'll be one of the nights that we live for, and we will remember till the day we die. It
0: was the thirty three to one with. I've got it with Skybet. There you go. If you're listening, to Skybet, we've just endorsed you, so I'll send you checking the post. Um, wait, right, I'll come back to you for the two questions. Uh. Dicko, prediction for Wednesday? I think it's written in the stars this season
3: um, with our favourite scoreline. I think it's going to be a really, really humdinger of a game in Middlesbrough, win 3-1. Michael Carrick's
0: favourite scoreline. I don't know what price that is for Skybet, but have a look. Um, John Don, I'll come to you. Yeah, you've got to unmute it
1: yeah right okay um yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's it's going to be a pull win in 90 minutes and i think we'll win 2-0 um i don't know who's going to score um but i'm just confident that we'll get the win it's going to be a tough game but i just think we've got enough at home um to to see Coventry off we've not um, we've not failed to score at home under Michael Carrick so I'm, I'm hoping we keep that run going uh, and I'm predicting 2-0 feel
0: like I'm watching 2 Raider here what are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you later
0: <laughs> uh, Right so I've got two more questions for you and I'm going to fire both of them at the same time to each and every one of your cuts who are we playing at Wembley?
2: Just before I answer it, you haven't given your prediction yet.
0: Sorry, 3-0 Borough. What's your prediction? Are we playing at Wembley?
2: I've said it for months. It's nil, it's written in the stars, Sunland.
0: And do and 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 are we Premier League bound?
2: I said when Craig Johns was on, it was going to be Sunland and we'll beat them 4-1. I'm not changing my mind. Jesus, <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ, 4-1 at Wembley. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine the scenes. Imagine the scenes, imagine, imagine the bodies, that's all I'm saying. It'd be amazing, it'd be unbelievable. Oh God, things <laughs> you can dream of. And it's not even It's not even that far away, is it, when you think about it? But um, anyway, Dicko, same two questions.
3: I'm sticking to what I said last week. I think we'll play a Luton in the final.
1: And I think Middlesbrough beat Luton at Wembley.
0: Hopefully, John Don, come to you.
1: Yeah, uh, I've got to agree with uh, Steve Dixon. I think Luton will overcome Sunderland tomorrow um, and then we'll, we'll beat them at Wembley.
0: I'm going to make a three out of four. I, I thought Sunderland should, needed a two-goal lead to go to Luton with. They haven't got it. I think Luton will turn them over. I think we'll play Luton and I think we'll beat Luton at Wembley and fulfil a lovely dream of watching my team win at Wembley. All I've ever wanted. All I've ever wanted. And, uh, yeah, we're potentially, what, 12 days? 12 days away from that. But, but, Wednesday first. If you've got a ticket, I'll see you there. Get in the ground nice and early if you can. Get to your seats early. Create that atmosphere. Create some bounce behind the team. Because they need us as much as we need them. We've always said we'll give everything for them if they give you everything for us. Time to put where your money where your mouth is. You know, this is the time to turn up. And please, please give everything. Walk out the ground with no voice left. Because give them players everything. After full time, when they do the lap of honour and, uh, and cheer us on and say, I'll see you at Wembley. Give everything. Because us give everything. So please, please, please. Give everything you've got. Um, that's all the stands as well. That's not just where we sat. So, please, please. Give everything Mecca's dream. Mecca's dream, Borough, because we're not... We're not so close now. So, yeah. I'll leave it there. Um, boys, I'll see you Wednesday. Um, one more. One more go at it um, before... Hopefully a trip to Wembley. Um, I'll see some of you listeners there. Hopefully I'll see all of you there. Um, Yeah, please, please, thank you so much for listening, liking, subscribing and getting in touch and stuff. And hopefully I can get a load of you on next week. Not for an end of season review, for a playoff final preview. I'm begging I can make one of them. So please, please, yeah, keep in touch. I'll talk to you next week, whatever happens. Arriva Dirty, up the borough. Up the borough. Up the borough, boys. Up the borough.